0: You know, one of the questions I ask in premarital counseling is, I say to couples, where do you want your relationship to be and your marriage to be one year from now and five years from now, 10 years from now, 20 years from now? And if you're here today and you're single, I want you to think about that. When when you get married in the future, where, what do you want your relationship to, to look like? Your, your marriage, five years down the road, 10 years, 20 years down the road, if you're already married... Think of it this way, when you stood before God and family and friends and you said, I do, when you were there at that altar, what did you envision your marriage looking like down the road? Now, if you're like most people, you probably said something to this effect, you know, well, we are so massively in love and, you know, I got butterflies when I saw him or her and, you know, it's just... Oh, my heart was racing fast, and I had a case of the tingly winglies, and I was so excited about everything. And I was just like, okay, we're, we're going to do this, and, and we're getting married, and we're going to buy a house, and we're going to have the white picket fence, and we're going to have the dog named Spot. No cats, because, you know, we didn't want the neighbors to think we're Satanists or anything. But, you know, we're going to have all those things, and, and we're going to have two kids first a boy, and then a girl, and we're going to have good jobs, and we're going to travel a lot, and then eventually we're going to get the kids out of the house, and we're you're going to retire and all the tingly winglies were going to follow us all the days of our marriage. Right? That's how you envision it. Now, if I ask you the same question, what do you want from your marriage for another five years, ten years, twenty years? Many of you would say, I just want to stay married. I just want to pay the bills. I want to try to keep the kids out of jail. Right? In other words, What you expected marriage was going to be and what it actually ended up being turned out to be two separate things. Now, for some people, the expectation is actually greater. It's like, well, we were expecting this, but wow, we got this. But most people, most people say, wow, I just way overestimated how things were going to be and it ended up a little bit less. Now, that's not a bad thing. But we just have these very, very high expectations, and we just think that all oh, these, these feelings are always just going to be there. Well, I've got some good news for you this morning. We're going to take a look at a story in God's Word where we're going to find out that expectations are always what we think they're going to be, and that's okay. And that at the end of the story, we can still say, oh, wow. I was known as a person of great faith, and and my marriage ended up being everything that I wanted it to be. So if you got a Bible this morning, you want to follow along, we're going to start out in Genesis chapter 12. So Genesis chapter 12, you don't have a Bible, that's fine. All the scriptures are going to be up on the screen for you. They're also there in your program. If you need a Bible, please let us know. We'll give you one at the end of today's experience. The story we're going to look at today is of a couple by the name of Abram. And Sarai. Now, later on, God changes their names to Abraham and Sarah, and that's how I'll refer to them mostly in today's message, unless I'm reading it actually out of God's Word and it's referred in a different way there. But this couple, again, I think you're going to be greatly encouraged by the time we get done this story that, oh, okay, it's okay not to always, not just in marriage, but even in life, to not have the expectations met that I thought. So, again, if you're following along, here's what we read Genesis 12 verses 1 to 2. The Lord had said to Abram, leave your native country, your relatives and your father's family and go to the land that I will show you. I'll make you into a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous and you'll be a blessing to others. Now, this is something we've talked about in the past. In fact, we talked about a little bit in the series already that this is the promise to Abraham that one day he was going to be the father of the nation of Israel. That one day through you and your descendants, a great nation is going to be formed. And you're going to be blessed because of it. Now, I want you to notice, though, that for the nation to get started, what did Abraham have to do? He had to leave. He had to give up everything that was comfortable and just leave. And notice that God doesn't tell him that, where he's going. He just says, back everything up, head on out. Imagine a wife. When he has the conversation. He says, uh, honey, uh, yeah, I need you to pack up all the stuff. We're, we're moving. Really? Where are we moving to? Well, that's the thing. I'm not quite sure. God just said that we need to pack up and start walking. You know, that's a great lesson for us that we just need to do whatever God tells us to do. We just need to sometimes pack up and, and start walking, going wherever God tells us that we need to go about a couple thousand years later the writer of hebrews puts it this way because again this is a great step of faith right and so the writer in hebrews eleven eight says it this way it was by faith that abraham obeyed when god called him to leave home and go to another land that god would give him as an inheritance he went without knowing where he was going He went without knowing where he was going. Again, great lesson for you and I. When God calls you to take a next step, you need to take it, even if you're not quite sure, you know, where it's heading. Now, our human nature is to say, well, God, give me all the details. I want to know everything about what's, you know, going to happen here. But God doesn't do that for two reasons. The first one would be this. If God gave you all the details, you may not go. You know why? Because you may not like some of the details that are going to be down the road. Now, he has the perfect place he wants you to get to. But, man, you you see some of the obstacles and some of the things that are going to be along that road, you would be like, no, 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 I'm not going. And that would be, obviously, disobedience. Here's the other reason that he doesn't uh, tell you all the details, and that is that if he did, you wouldn't need him. You wouldn't need to have any faith. Right, You'd already have it all planned. You'd already have it all worked out. He wants you to have faith. In fact, Scripture says this, that without faith it's impossible to please God. How many of you want to please God here today? Please God? Yeah. you got to have faith. And sometimes faith means walking out when you don't know all the details. And so again, the, the writer of Hebrews says, man, these were people of great, great faith. They're told that one day, through you and your kids, a great nation is going to be born, but you've got to pack up and leave right now. Here's what's interesting about this story. The New Testament characterizes Abraham and Sarah as people of great faith. But what we're about to see is in the story itself, oftentimes they waver. Oftentimes, actually, they're even disobedient, which is good news for you and I, in that we can be labeled as people of great faith. The end of our story can be, wow, you, 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 had great faith you had a great marriage even if the steps along the way you didn't even if along the way your expectations weren't always met you can still be known at the end of the story as a person of great faith and you again can have a great marriage even if you falter occasionally again this happens in marriages people are like well this isn't what i expected Instead of walking by faith in it, they do three common things, three mistakes that people make. And these three things actually apply to a lot of things in life, when we're not walking by faith. So what happens when we don't walk by faith? A couple things. Number one there in your outline is this. I'll fall victim to fear. I'll fall victim to fear. This happens to Abraham. God tells him that, look, you need to get up, you need to start walking. And so he starts walking, and eventually God says, stop. And they were in the land called Canaan. And God says, all right, this is going to be your land. Now, I'm not starting the nation yet. Again, it's going to be started through your descendants. But this is the land that they're eventually going to inherit. And so they sort of are living there for a while. Things are going good. But then a great famine comes upon the land. Abraham hears that, well, you know what? Down in Egypt, things are still going pretty well. And so he says, all right, guys, you know, to his family and his servants, it's time to pack up and we're heading out again. And so they go down to Egypt. But along the way, Abraham starts thinking, wait a second. if We go into this foreign land. I may be in big trouble. And so he says this to his wife, Sarah, in Genesis 12, verses 11 to 13. Look, you are a very beautiful woman. When the Egyptians see you, they will say, this is his wife. Let's kill him, and then we can have her. So please, tell them that you're my sister, and then they will spare my life and treat me well because of their interest in you. Now, what's going on here? What's going on? Well, in that day and time, you went into a foreign land like that, and they saw, you know, a good-looking woman there. they would like, I want that woman as my wife. Oh, Mary, we'll just kill him. Just the way it was. And so Abraham's like, She's smoking hot. I'm dead meat. So he's like, just let's just lie about it. Just tell him that you're my sister. Here's the problem, and this is very be very easy to miss it. What did God promise to Abraham and Sarah? What? He promised what? That they were going to start a what? A great nation, right? Through who? Their descendants. Well, they don't have kids yet. Now, the last time I checked, Abraham's going to have to be alive and Sarah's going to have to be alive in order for them to have children. But yet, what is he afraid of? That he's going to die. So he's allowing to overwhelm him, and he's allowing fear to come in and he's faltering in his faith instead of having faith and the trust in the promise of god that one day you and sarah are going to have a child and one day those children are going to start a great nation he's living in fear and we do the exact same thing in our lives you know there's people they're, they're single and they're like, well, I don't know if I want to get married. Maybe we'll just keep dating. Maybe we'll just live together because, you know, what if he cheats? Or, or you know, what if this happens? Or what if we can't have kids? Or, or, you know, and there's all these things. What if we get a divorce? And so they come up with all kinds of things, all kinds of excuses because of fear. Or maybe you're a married couple and you decide to rob God of the tithe because you're like, well, what if we can't afford it? What if an emergency comes up? Or maybe you're called to adopt kids, and you're like, well, what what if those kids don't fit into our family? Maybe you're called to be a stay-at-home mom, and you know God has told you to do that, but you're like, well, what what if we can't pay the bills? Or maybe you're here today and God's called you to start a business or a ministry or a life group, and you've got all these lists of, well, what if this happens, And, and what if that happens? You're living by fear and not by faith, and we can't do that according to God's word. We just rob ourselves of the blessings that God wants because of it. So don't let that happen in your life. Don't bring fear into your marriage. As a couple, always speak words of faith to one another. Speak words of encouragement. Don't talk about the worst case scenario. Talk about the best case scenario in your relationship. That isn't what Abraham does, though. Instead of focusing on the promise of God and that, look, we're going to one day have kids, He focuses on the fear, and it causes him and Sarah to sin. And so she does lie. And guess what happens? They, guys, take her in and have their way with her. Guys, a couple weeks ago, we talked about protecting your wife, allowing other guys to sleep with your wife. That's not protecting your wife, okay? And so he does a bad job at this one. Why? Because he was living in fear, and we can't do that. Number two, anytime our expectations aren't being met, I will get ahead of God. I'll get ahead of God. And again, this happens with Abraham and Sarah. They're told, look, you're going to have kids, but they're not able to have kids. And time starts passing on, and so they decide to start manipulating the situation, and they sort of get ahead of God. Genesis 16, verses 1, and then the beginning of verse 2. It says, Now Sarai, Abram's wife, had not been able to bear children for him, but she had an Egyptian servant named Hagar. And so Sarai, Sarai said to Abram, The Lord has prevented me from having children. Go sleep with my servant. Now, some of you perverted guys are thinking, This is cool! His wife just said he can go sleep with another woman. That's awesome! But guys, listen to me. Her name is Hagar. I don't know what image comes to your mind. But for me, it's like, remember back in the 80s, like the Russian women bodybuilders, like on steroids, you know, and stuff. Hairy armpits and everything. I mean, Hagar, right? So not not so cool after all now. Second part of verse 2. She says this, perhaps I can have children through her. Notice that she doesn't say, let's just be patient. God has promised us children and God never, ever fails in his promises. Let's just wait. No, she doesn't say that. What does she say? Perhaps I can have a family through her. In other words, they're getting ahead of God's plan. Sleep with my servant, she says. Let's try to control and manipulate the situation because God hasn't come through. So guess what? Abraham does. He goes in, he sleeps with Hagar, and they have a child. His name is Ishmael. This is a child that God never, ever intended for them to have. Here's what you need to know about Ishmael. It's through Ishmael's lineage that the religion of Islam was birthed so when you hear things like 9-11 when you hear isis is beheading christians overseas right now it's all traced back to this bad decision by abraham and sarah to get ahead of god's plan we're still feeling the effects of that here in 2015 because of a wrong decision that they made We we got to be careful not to do the same thing. We can't rush ahead of God. Now, you know, again, before we get all bent out of shape of, oh, look at all the stuff they brought into our world because of that, we do the same types of things. We get ahead of God, don't we? You know, it's a, a young woman that the guy she's dating, he's a jerk. He doesn't treat her well. But her biological clock is ticking and she's like, I just got to marry him. I mean, he's got a pulse, so I'm I'm just marrying him, right? Yeah, he's not a Christian, but I'm marrying him anyway. And what are you doing? You're getting ahead of God. Or it's a young couple. They they've gotten married, and right away they want to have the same lifestyle that their parents had when you know they were growing up. What they don't realize is it took their parents you know, 10, 20, 30 years of working to be able to provide them that type of lifestyle. But they want it all right now, so what do they do? They go out and they rack up all kinds of credit card debt. And then they complain about, man, we've got this financial noose around our necks. Why? Well, because you were getting ahead of God. God wasn't ready for you to have that yet, but yet you tried to get it anyway. You forced it. You manipulated it. Again, this is something we all face you know, for me right now, I'm wrestling with this because I thought point we'd already be in the new building. I mean, I thought we'd be in at the beginning of the year, and then I thought, well, Easter at the very latest. Well, we're not even anywhere close, and so it's very, very easy for me to be like thinking of, okay, how how can we twist this and how can we do this to to try to speed up the process? But that beginning ahead of God, and we're not called to do that. Here's what we need to remember. God is rarely, rarely early, but he's never, ever late. God's timing is perfect, and we need to trust and have faith in him that he is going to deliver exactly at the right moment when we need things and how we need things. Abraham and Sarah were given the promise that one day you too will have children but yet they rushed ahead of God, and they didn't obey. Number three then, I begin to doubt God will do it for me. We're like, okay, yeah, I mean, sure, he's answering other people's prayers, and he's doing miracles for other people, but surely he won't do that for me. You know, for Abraham and Sarah, I think I know why they got to this point. Of thinking that God wasn't going to do this for them. Remember, they, they're given a promise that you're going to have children, and so they're all excited, right? And and so they probably are like, okay, you know, they're they're getting the nursery all figured out, and, and they're starting to look at names of, you know, it could be this this child's name, it could be this one. We're not going to name him Hagar or any of those other, you know, the, the names, but we're going to give them like a really cool name. And then like six months go by and she's still not pregnant and a year's gone by and she's still not pregnant and like two years has gone by, five years has gone by, they start going to the doctors, figuring out, you know, hey, is everything biologically working the way it's supposed to? Five years turns into 10 years, 10 years turns into 20 years, still no children. You can see how they probably got a little discouraged and how they started to doubt that Okay, well, God's given everybody else children, but He's not going to do it for us. He's not doing it for me. So again, I think I understand what they were probably feeling here. Finally, after 30 years, God comes to him and says, now's the time. You're going to have a baby boy. Look at Genesis seventeen seventeen says, Abraham fell face down, and he laughed, and he said to himself, Will a son be born to a man who is 100 years old? Will Sarah bear a child at the age of 90? In other words, this is thousands of years before Viagra. He's like, dude, this is not happening. <laughs> not happening. I mean, maybe if you have come to me like 20 years ago, I'd say, okay, there's a possibility, but it's just simply not happening right now. Sarah was the same way. Look at chapter uh, 18, verse 12. Sarah laughed within herself. An old woman like me? Get pregnant with this old man of a husband? Obviously, she's being sarcastic here. But she's saying the same thing. This is not happening. At least not to us. No way, Jose. They've given up just not happening for us but look at verses 13 and 14 then the lord said to abraham why did sarah laugh why did she say can an old woman like me have a baby is anything too hard for the lord let me say that again is anything too hard for For the Lord. I can't prove this. I think it was at this moment that something shifted in the faith of Abraham and Sarah. And they're like, oh yeah. With God, nothing is impossible. And that's my encouragement to you here this morning. Is to always ask yourself, That simple question, is anything too hard for the Lord? Maybe you're here today and you're like Abraham and Sarah and you want children. You haven't been able to have children, but let me ask you, is anything too hard for the Lord? Maybe you're here today and your marriage is in shambles and you think that the only thing left is divorce. But let me ask you a question, is anything too hard for our God? Maybe you're here today and and your finances are just a wreck. And you're like, there's no way we're ever going to be able to get out of this debt. Again, let me ask you, is anything too hard for our Jesus? No. No. Be encouraged today. Nothing is impossible with God. And maybe it hasn't happened in your timing, whatever it is. But keep having faith. Keep trusting. Nothing. Nothing is impossible. Even when you are faithless, God is still faithful. And I've said this to you before. God isn't as concerned with where you are or where you've been as He is with where are you going. Remember the end of the story, the New Testament, they are classified as a couple of great faith. But yet we've seen that they stumbled a lot along the way. But yet the end turned out pretty good. In fact, the Apostle Paul says it this way in Romans 4:19. And because of his faith, or because of his faith was strong, he, meaning Abraham, didn't worry about the fact that he was too old to be a father at the age of 100. And that Sarah, his wife at 90, was also much too old to have a baby. The facts said this. The facts were he was 100, she was 90. The facts said you can't have children at that age. But the truth is God's word never fails. See, sometimes facts are trumped by the truth. And again, maybe the facts are right now that you are in financial bondage. And maybe the facts are you can't have a child. Maybe the facts are your marriage is in a place that you don't want it to be. That's the facts. But the truth is that nothing is too hard for our God. Nothing is impossible. And that's what we need to hold on to here this morning. While Abraham and Sarah may have lost faith, God was still faithful And in fact, he gave them a son. His name was Isaac. Isaac later had a son. His name was Jacob. We looked at his story a couple weeks ago. Jacob's name was turned to Israel. And his 12 sons, that the nation of Israel was started. A great nation that God blessed and still blesses to this day. And so I want to say to you today, no matter where you are in life, no matter where you are in your marriage, don't waver in your faith. Be strengthened. Be strengthened in your faith. You need to go through some of these tough times. Why? Because it's strengthening your faith. It's strengthening your marriage. With our God, nothing is too hard. Nothing. We are to live by faith and not by sight. Live by faith in the truth of God's Word not by the facts that say it can't happen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this opportunity to gather together. I thank you for uh, everybody that came out this morning, despite all the the snow and the bad weather and the bad roads. And Lord, I just uh, know that you wanted them here this morning to hear this message. Lord, I thank you for those that are listening in today via this podcast and Lord, wherever they may be right now, whether it be in their home or sitting at their computer at a desk or driving in their car, God, you wanted them to hear this message right now for a specific reason in their lives as well. And Lord, I believe it's that you want all of us to understand that we need to walk by faith and that you're not going to give us all the details and that things aren't always going to be the way that we expected them to be. But Lord, you do that so that we'll trust you more. So that we'll have more faith in you. Lord, help us to, in the midst of trying times, to remember that nothing is too hard for you. Just to stop and take a deep breath and say, God, I don't understand it all right now. I don't understand your timing right now. But God, what I do understand is nothing is impossible for you for you. Lord, help that to become our, our heartbeat. That nothing is impossible for my God. Nothing, nothing, nothing. Jesus, I pray that you would continue to just speak to us here this morning. Allow your Holy Spirit to convict us of ways that we've been disobedient to you in this area of faith and to convince us that your way is the truth. Your way is the life. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for changing us here this morning, transforming us more and more and more into your image. Help us now to be obedient, to just take that next step, whatever it may be. And I ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.